There we go. All right. Good morning, everyone. If you're just tuning in uh, with us live or tuning in later, um, I've invited Catherine Toon and Paul Young to have a discussion about finding hope and giving hope in times of crisis. And uh, I don't know where this is going to go. I've learned over the years to not do that with Paul. <laughs> we just go with it. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, my, my hope is that anyone who hears this today will at least know there is hope and it's inside of us already and how to look for it and how to give it when we react to other voices that we hear in our media and on social media and the news. So I don't know, just I wanted to say how you guys were doing first because I know each of us are, uh, we have a different perspective. I'm in Canada, uh, just south of Toronto. Catherine, where are you? Colorado. Colorado and Paul, mm -hmm. you are in Portland? I'm actually in South Washington state, just north about 40 minutes, 35 minutes north of Portland, Oregon. So let me just ask how you guys are doing, because I think that's an honest way to start. And let's see where this discussion goes. So Paul, why don't you just kind of give us a heads up? I know you already told me something, but... Uh, well, uh, you know, it is such an upheaval, strange um, confluence of a whole bunch of things that are erupting at the same time. And... And um, we are in strange waters. Mm -hmm. the, um, but at the same time, there is, there is um, um, amazing, in that upheaval, and, and did you know that earthquakes and, and volcanoes are necessary because in the upheaval, it regenerates the planet, right? And um, so I'm thinking that in this upheaval, there is- You, you mean God didn't bring it and cause it? No, sorry, sorry. Uh, you know, I was having this conversation with, <laughs> here we go, with, um, I was doing this little class for, for uh, seven of my grandkids, seven of the 12, and uh, the seven of them, four and three, yep. And, um, and we would be online Zoom once a week, and, and one week I said, so, w where do you think viruses come from? Oh do yeah, think, this do is good. Think, do you think God created viruses? And they went, no, because here's something: children absorb; they often don't get spoken to in in a way that is inside their world. So they get to assume by overhearing adult conversations what's going on, and then and they pick up the vibes, they pick up the emotions, they do all this, and their assumptions um, become how they then frame their world and um and so you know it's 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 better to to have these conversations directly right and so i was that's what i was doing i was saying like do you think do you think god made viruses and and they went no i said so where do you think they came from uh satan right because, <laughs> because all bad things all bad things originate <laughs> in satan and um and i said you know i don't think satan creates stuff you know, there's, there's no evidence that, you know, whatever Satan is, it tends to be a dismantler, not a creator. And um, so I don't think that's right. And they said, well, then it was Adam and Eve, right? It was their, I said, you know, I, I got to tell you something. If it weren't for viruses, there would be no human beings on the planet. Mm. Because viruses are created by God in order to take apart microorganisms. And, and in fact, without 
viruses doing that work, microorganisms, we would be one big slime ball, which kids understand really well. <laughs> and, um, and if it wasn't, in fact, our water system, our rain and how it waters the planet is all dependent on microorganisms that viruses have torn apart. And so they have an incredible function and, and science is finding ways that these, these viruses can be used to deliver um, um, medicines into parts of people's bodies that actually helps them heal. And, and, and so the intention of viruses uh, in terms of God's creating viruses is good. And the, and the question that they immediately had was then, why is it, why is this going so wrong? Hmm. And I said, it's, it's really, this has got nothing to do with God being good. This has got everything to do with human beings, not, not knowing how to live in love hmm. with the planet. We have a moral issue okay. here and it originates with us just like Adam, right? Through one man, brokenness enters the cosmos. Well, it's our incapacity to live in love with creation. And I said, you know, and plus we're playing with some of these things genetically and everything else. And there's a, there's a good chance this, this was not just an evolutionary jump. This was, a, this was an actually man-crafted um, weapon. And, and people go like, well, that's a conspiracy yeah. theory. Let me tell you, there is a lot of hard science evidence um, in terms of this being a lab leak. And it would really be helpful if somebody would just admit that it was so that we can get on with it. Yeah. Um, and the um, yeah, conflicting messages are causing more angst. Oh, and, and, and everybody is what? Everybody is trying to maintain a false identity, even as countries, mm. right? And so yeah. here, you know, America's got a false identity of being the savior of the world and being the lone ranger and being independent and impervious. And, and, and China's got the identity of, you know, we can't admit fault because we've got to keep the party line and the whole thing. And, and you know, the whole world is, is having their false identities rise to the surface. And here's the hope part of that. The unexposed is the unhealed. That's, that's okay. where the hope is. The unexposed is the unhealed. And that's true in my life. Part, part of the healing, if you want to know what to do in the midst of all this uncertainty, deal with the broken places in your own heart. Thank you. And let yes. that ripple into the world. And, and it's in your relationship with your spouse or your significant other. It's in your relationship with your kids. It's your relationship with your family and extended family. So, you know, in terms of what, what we're facing here, I've got a son who's a Portland police officer, Right. I, um, and so he's on the front lines. Um, I, I have a son who works at Costco and he got cussed out yesterday because he had told someone that it was policy for them to have their mask up over their nose. Cause you know, who knew that noses were connected to lungs? The lungs, know? eh? Like who would have thought, eh? They're so close to the mouth. You thought that they were so. connected to the stomach, you know? And silly. I know. <laughs> And, uh, and, and a daughter-in-law who is a ER nurse. And, and so um, Kim has five sisters and two brothers and, and three of her sisters and their husbands a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, went uh, camping together. And they, you know, when you don't see COVID face to face, you, you tend to get fatigued by 
all the separation and all the anxiety and everything else. And you become cavalier about this, you know, and, um, um, you know, I even heard, I mean, we had a huge gathering in Portland of Christians, you know, these are my people, Christians. And, and they had a big worship service in the middle of the city and almost nobody wore a mask. And it was like, we're not going to live in fear. And I'm like, so does that mean you don't buckle up when you get in a car because you don't want to live in fear and you don't buckle your kids because you don't want them to live in fear right. and you don't take, uh, you don't get a vaccine or, you know, or you don't go to the doctor because you don't want to live in fear. I mean, come on. And, and there is just this sense. And the reason that I'm a little animated about this is because all six Kim's three sisters and their husbands all in the last two days have been um, positive for COVID. And, uh, and, and they did, you know, they wore masks and they did the, you know, they did the right things kind of, but they, they still went into a restaurant. They still went into a grocery store and one of them is rebellious enough that she will rip the mask down below her nose. And as soon as she's past the security person at the gate, you know, and, and now all six of them and, and three of them so far fairly, fairly intensely sick. And then wow. we have a nephew who, whose best friend who almost married our niece, um, young, it's like 30, 28 years older like that. And, and he just died. Uh, and so, you know, this is not a game that we're involved in here and nobody knows the long-term effects of this. And, and, um, and so it's like, all right, why don't we stop demanding our rights and think about, <laughs> you know, who are we as human beings and what matters? And, and does our relationship with Jesus have any impact on this at all? You know, if people say, well, what, what do you think Jesus would do? Of course he would wear a mask. I mean, he was He's circumcised kind. at eight days. He, he did the ritual washings in the temple. Why? Did he have to? No. It was a way to be all things to all people. And it was a way to submit to the governing authorities. And I was going to say, it has nothing to do with submission, does it? Oh, it does. This is a God who submits by nature. Yeah. And why? Because it's an act of love. You know? And, um, and so, you know, uh, my emotions are pretty pretty surface and pretty raw about this. And I'm, and I don't say anything in terms of accusation here. We all come to the table with broken places. And, but what we have is people who don't know who they are. And I'm talking my people as well, Christians. They don't know who they are. They, they have a, a, a religious identity, but they freak out just like anybody else does because their relationship with God is not more significant than the fear that they're surrounded by. And, um, and it's like, you need, you need to know who you are so that you are not reactive. You know, love is never reactive. Hmm. It's always responsive and it's always inclusive of the person that they are responding to. You see it in Jesus all the time. You know, but we built an identity religiously that is much more related to Moses. And so it's all about rights and law. And as a result, we find ourselves reactionary because that's what you do when the law is broken, when somebody violates it. And even the person who wears their mask below their nose, we get 
ticked off with if we're the self-righteous ones who don't, you know? And, um, and so there's all this stuff that is just going around. And like you said at the beginning, Mike, hope is relational. I mean, we, uh, the element of hope that is so central to all this is a relationship with a God who is alive, who doesn't just snap fingers and fix things because we built this house of cards, right? And out of respect and submission, this God joins us without accusation, sometimes with confrontation, mm-hmm. yep, sometimes um, with, with um, the absolute no in our lives that says, no, you're not designed to live like this. You're not designed to, to spew darkness on people around you. You're not designed, you're, you're actually designed to be a person who is love and light and hope and goodness and kindness and patience and long-suffering and self-controlled in the midst of chaos, you know? And you, and you look at the world and you don't, you can't blame them for, for having false identities in, a broken, in their brokenness, just like, okay, we carry that darkness ourselves. And part of the, part of the work that we have to do is in our own hearts and, and then begin to, to be present and responsive to the world that we're in and let the ripple effects go out. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, there's no... That's there's so no beautiful, st- Paul. That's so beautiful because that's where we're powerful, right? And what, what, needs, what, what needs to come up in us to come out, what ugly needs to come up, that love needs, love can help us be conformed in the image of love. And that's what where we're powerful. Fear, yeah. Right? What destroys the fear? Mm-hmm. It's love. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fear not. There, you know, there is no fear in love. And it's like, oh, because right now everybody's future tripping, right? You know, you hear six family members have COVID now in the last two days and they're elderly and they have pre-existing conditions and, and, and it's like, there goes the future tripping, right? We're, we're already attending their funerals. We're already trying to figure out what to say in terms of the eulogies. We're, I mean, it's not real. Hmm. They, they're, they're dealing with the, one has pneumonia and she's on the antibiotics and they're all at home. Um, we're, we're making chicken broth and delivering it to them and, you know, and doing all the right things. And in the midst of it is the presence of God. But if we're not present to what's actually happening today, like we're in some imagination of mm. how this fear is going to take the world over and, and all this inevitable, horrible stuff's going to happen. This is where the conspiracy theories all come from. And, um, and, and it's like, no, fear not. Be present be here, right? Respond to what's actually in front of you, not some imagination that's fear or shame based. Mm-hmm. You're bigger okay. than this, right? You're bigger than this. Yeah, there might be a shipwreck. This is Paul in Acts 27. Yep, you're going to shipwreck, but I'm here to tell you that we're going to get through it, you know? And mm-hmm. so they begin to surround him because he's the only person of hope. And they basically chucked every navigation piece of equipment off the ship. And Paul's going like, <laughs> I told you guys before we started, there was going to be a shipwreck, you know, well, and, kind of, uh, but, but I went with you. Right. It's kind of funny how this, this COVID thing seems to be that storm on a ship for Paul. Like we're, we're all being forced into functioning uh, from a place we're not used to. Um, 
locked in our homes, isolated, all these things. And I, 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 I'm in a little series uh, on Sunday mornings here at Hope Fellowship called Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, based on a song title. <laughs> um, and the subtitle is, It's Okay to Pause and Mend Our Soul. Like this, this is a time now to look at who we are, like, because it's all coming out. Whatever, however we've been functioning is now being revealed. So if we've been functioning from flesh, it's all coming out. Um, so my, my recipe so far has been to be still, take a look at how Jesus went off to pray, that don't be afraid, you already talked about that. What does it mean to rest, to believe we're beloved? And then, I don't know if you caught this one, but Nebuchadnezzar's dream of hope, that's the one I'm going to end my series on. Because the right now there's a lot of negative end times fear that's being put into the Christian world that I think is false. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar's dream points to the kingdom has come and is covering the whole earth. And like this is good news. It, let's not spew the bad news. I just I'm just yeah. shocked at what what has been inside many of us and our beliefs mm-hmm. is now coming out when the pressure's on. And, you know, when we can take advantage of the pressure as bad as it is, because Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation, but cheer up. I have overcome. So as you're in your union with Christ, this truly is an opportunity to transcend um, all those wicked imaginations and and capture the heart and the mind of God. Connect with that because he, he does have beautiful things. He is redeeming all things to himself. And, you know, we have the opportunity to connect with that and get upgraded. And that was the one word that the Lord really gave me when this whole thing got started, that this is an opportunity for upgrades. So the false identities that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Paul, false ways of being uh, that we're trying to, 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 to do to be or whatever things, things that have propped us up, these, you know, kind of being kicked to the curb as all the pressure comes and all the, the broken stuff is revealed to be healed, to be healed. Oh, let's just make, let's be very clear. It's not, it's, it's coming up to be healed and upgraded to help us be conformed in the image of Christ, the image of love himself. So, so, so Catherine, are you also like, I'm, I'm going to assume it's the same in your area, just like in Paul's, this is a really real big deal, you know? Uh, in Canada, it's a big deal. Our numbers are much less than in the States and it's frightening. Um, but like Paul was saying, there's a complacency that can come and a fatigue because the more rural you are in Canada from away from big cities, you think, nah, eh, there's no I'm virus. Good. Like very dangerous yeah. thinking. So well, uh, but how are you of, doing? Oh, thank you so much. But um, we're, we're, doing, we're doing fine. I mean, we're feeling the pressure like anyone else. You know, I, I had to correct one of my daughter's yesterday because she was starting to get really cavalier and i'm like rachel you know what you you may not be worried for you but there's elderly people and so what does love do love thinks love love sacrifices to build others up and to protect others love always protects and so in that place you know what let's not get complacent because of our comfort and me 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 how can how, how can i conserve serve how can i protect yeah, because agape so, is other-centered. Absolutely. Other-serving and going low to lift up. I mean, that's the example, the example, the reality of Christ. And so that's what we're called to do. And in humility, you know, what is it in me that needs 
to come out and needs to be repaired and all that kind of thing and, and, and mended, you know, false identities, all of that. It, it's, it's, it is a time that we can embrace, even though it's painful. But, you know, if you look back in your life, it's usually the most painful times that you get the greatest upgrade is you engage with God in those places and he heals those places and shores up things that, you know, uh, and, and he's masterful at knowing exactly how to use those evil things, those difficult things to upgrade and, and, and conform us into something lovely and eternal that, you know, one way or the other, the Corona thing, it's going to pass one eventually, you know, uh, but what, what's going to remain? What's the fruit that remains? And so I, I feel like, you know, the, the, as focusing on that, even in the midst of our pain, and we need to be there for one another. You know, Paul, I, my, heart, I, my heart breaks for that. I'm so sorry that you're having to deal. It's, I, I have other friends that are having, you know, Corona and just like, oh my goodness, this is sucks. And so, you know, um, you know, but in the midst, as we're keeping our eyes on the one who loved us and gave himself up for us, we really are being transfigured into that image, um, which is what we need to be. This is where we can really shine because the world does not have answers. And so we're, wherever we're connecting with an eternal God, who is the capital A answer before the little P problem of the fall happened comparative to him, um, that's where we can actually serve and give and lift up and be that source because there's something so much bigger than ourselves and we happen to know who he is. And I mean, it's, it's, it is a, yeah. I was talking to my, my aunt Gladys who lives in Prince Rupert and uh, at the end of December, she will turn a hundred years old. And uh, (laughs) so great. So I was talking to her and she and I have a very, very, close relationship partly because we're we're both writers mm-hmm. and uh, she's written you know histories for s- towns and cities all up and down the west coast of canada and uh, right. and she's sharp as a tack and she said you know she says here's how i look at it she said you know um our generations we went through we went through the great depression and we went through the wars and we went through all kinds of things that were incredibly difficult and and people and and we would and we didn't want our children to experience the terrible times that we were a part of and and there really is a lack of historical framing um Mm -hmm. for so much of us now and um and she said so we protected our kids to the point where now they are just so self-protective and um and and she said it it were the ones that brought in the me generation where everything was about me and um and and she was she's right you know we are we are um we have super high rates of suicide and self-harm and opioid use and all these things in the younger generation and um you know this is for a lot of them the first kind of pressure uh, from outside that they've experienced, and um, and they've been taught, uh, especially in the West, this you know individualism that, and we've lost uh, a sense of community. You know, um, the numbers of elderly people who actually live with their families as they age is just 
so such a small fraction of what it used to be. And we don't have the voices of the elders. We don't, I mean, there's a lot of the cohesive elements that have been um, sort of dismantled over the last um, decades. And, um, and that all feeds into this. And, and so we, don't, we said, don't know our history, right? Is that what you're kind of getting at? We don't know. And, and we, as a result of us not knowing, we are tempted to repeat it. And, and not just the history of where we're at locally, but history on a global scale in terms of Humanity. the kinds of mentalities and things like that they were, that we're willing to give our souls away for. Mm. And in the midst of it all, in the midst of the storm, there is one who walks on the water. And it's like, all right, I know where to keep my eyes. And, and if I begin to look down and stuff and begin to sink, I know that he won't accuse me of not being able to perform right. But this is a love that will just laugh about it and go like, no, I'm, I'm still here. Here, let me, get, let me give you a hand up, you know. And, um, and that's, that's the centering peace. That's a peace in the sense of P-E-A-C-E. That's, it, is, it is a relationship with one who, who is in the storm, but is the place and sanctuary of hope. And it's, and it's because why? Because we are loved. We are loved individually. We're loved as a community. We're loved as the human race. We're loved because we're human. We're loved because we're worthy of it. And, and this, is a, this is not a God who needs us to love him back, right? This, this is not a God who can be served That's by human hands as if, the, as if this God needed anything. So you would think the church... Christians, believers would know this. They would know they're beloved. You know, the, oh. I, mean, I can hardly wait to talk about beloved because to be loved, to know you're beloved changes everything. Because if you, you live in reaction to what you believe, and if you don't believe it, you live like it. Yeah. And I'd rather change the word believe to trust, uh, right? Because the Greek word is actually the word to trust. Okay. And because in the West, we're rationalists. We've learned to hide in our brains, you know. And so it's about, yeah, I agree or assent to a set of propositions, but, but what do you trust, mm. you know, and who do you trust? And, and um, in that sense, that trust becomes the evidence of, of what you actually believe, right? And, um, and it's like that's, that's where for, you know, a good chunk of my life, I, I gravitated toward religion because it was easier than trusting. You didn't have to think. Well, you didn't have to trust. <laughs> exactly. Particularly you know, when your trust has been violated, right? Correct. So, yeah. and that's where the that's healing portion comes because if trust has been violated, how can I trust in a God when I can't see when the people that I have seen there has that trust has been violated. So that, that's why it's crucial for us to deal with our stuff. Right. Yep. yep. I, I want to read a poem since that's kind of what I do sometimes. And um, uh, this is called Kind of Way. And it's written by uh, David, um, David Tenson, who's a friend of mine. And he's an Aussie. And he's a therapist and a poet and a musician and a dad. And, and, um, and, and I think it's really appropriate at this point because when, when, when people say, well, I, I want to trust God, they, they want a God who can fix things so that I don't hurt, mm. right? And um, so this is how it goes. It's called Kind of Way. I know that you know, so I should probably confess it. 
I think that's a great way to start anything. Because we don't tell God the truth. We don't tell God that we're really pissed off. And we don't tell God, you know, we tell God what we think God wants us to hear. <laughs> we think God wants to hear from us. Right? Oh, Lord, if God, if Father of heaven and earth. Is. <laughs> yep. and, um, and so we're not truth tellers, you know, and, um, and I know that you know, so I should probably confess it. Not because it's a bad thing, because it's normal and it's necessary to admit that you've disappointed me and continue to. Although I don't mind as much now, but still, there were many times I prayed and I followed the rules and I gave my two mites and I did all the things that I was told would work and others certified with charismatic conviction to do more, give more, faith more, sacrifice more, lots more. And still nothing. No breakthrough like I believed or like I prayed for. Well, I underestimated you. I wanted to believe you were containable, constrainable, and reliable in the my way kind of way. You know, the magician, the hitman, the slot machine, deal maker, earth shaker, genie in a bottle kind of way. And then I recalled that on a dark but necessary day, you took yourself and my kind of way and the cosmos to a cross. And then you went missing for three days and my world fell apart. All my hope exhaled a forsaken surrender and my heart broke and my dreams broke and my kind of way kind of died again. And then there you were, alive in the same, but but not really, a resurrected form of you that even took familiar friends by surprise. And that's what you keep doing to this day. You keep failing and disappointing me in the best kinds of ways. Every time I think I've got you where I think I need you, you disappear and disappoint and turn up incognito on a familiar path or at a regular meal or in an average garden with a spark in your eye that demands my attention. And you invite me again to put my hand in your side, embrace you and kiss you and get to know you again in a new kind of way. Wow. One of the things that we, we forget in these times is all the ways that God has been present and with us in our histories. You know, it's much easier to remember the difficulties and, uh, and we forget all the things that went right or when something showed up in the nick of time or, you know, and, it, and it, a lot of times you can look back and you see, well, those were real childlike steps. I mean, just basically learning how, how to teeter on your two feet, you know, and, and, and God was very gracious, but he, he won't let you, he won't always pick you up because he, he wants you to learn how to participate not just stay a baby. He wants you to always be childlike because we are all children, but he doesn't, he doesn't want you to remain unformed. Mm. And, uh, and God is not the author of evil. There is no darkness in God whatsoever. And, and this has not caught God by surprise, right? This is, this is a God who is constantly present. God is nowhere wringing his hands, wondering, what do we do now? 
And, and that doesn't mean that we're not living in a broken world. But God is not the author of the brokenness. God is the presence of kindness and peace in the midst of all the circumstances that we find ourselves. And this is why it's so critical in order to experience peace that you stay in the present. Mm. Encourage one another as long as it is about today so that you are not swept away by the deceitfulness of brokenness. Hebrews 3.13. It's my verse for the year. Got it at the beginning of the year. Encourage. Build the heart. Encourage is what's going to change the world. The courage to stand inside the truth of who you are in the simplest of everyday responses to those who are right in front of you. The courage to put a mask on. And just because of, the, of knowing who you are and the kindness that it represents. And, and the courage to be the presence of peace in chaos. The courage to climb inside people's losses and their frustrations and their anger. To be angry with them without ever turning it to violence. Mm. You know, and that encourage one another as long as it's about today. Stay inside the grace of just today because everything else doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, all the future stuff that could go wrong doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. grace and trust are always present tense. You don't get grace today for some eventual imagination that could or might not happen. <laughs> you get grace for what's in front right? of you which gives you the ability to respond to it. Well, can I, can I ask you a question then? Yeah. Um, this has been a common question. I, I've pondered it, you know, when we say don't worry, uh, uh, they say, I'm not worried. I'm being concerned then because apparently in the Bible says don't worry. So how would you, how does that fit with what you just said? Cause there's, I think there's a link to living in the present, not worrying or living future in the future trip. But when you, the when you, even the difference between those two words. Yeah. When you future trip, you're by yourself. And that's the fundamental lie. The fundamental lie is you're alone. You know, all you've got is your own resources. Nobody's got your back. You're the only one who's going to be able to take care of yourself and you don't have what it takes. Right. So how can, we, how, can fear, how can I change the language? From, from worry? Yeah. Well, like sometimes people are concerned about the future. What's going to happen? How long is this going to last? What about my finances? What about my job? What about, and those stop. are common. Stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> the, you know, come back. What's, what's right? What do you know is true right now? And that's what I caught from the very beginning of this conversation. I, I think there's a key here and I want yeah. to capture it. Yeah, because future tripping is playing God. Future tripping mm. is creating an imagination and trying to control the world. And here's the deal. Fear will drive you in one of two directions. It's not that we're not going to ex experience fear or the triggers of it. We've got too much brokenness in, in our history and too much experience to not. And, and fear in its right sense, like on the edge of a cliff or something, is a, is a right response to reality that is in front of you. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And so... It's, it's, that's not the fear that I'm talking about. It's the fear that moves away from trust because fear will drive you in one of two directions, trust or control. Hmm. What are you going to do? <laughs> and because we feel so um, um, unable to meet the demands of the pressures that we see in front of us, 
we will go to future tripping as a way to control. Hmm. We will create right. empty imaginations that raise itself up against the knowing of God. Right? And it says, take captive those things, like, and, and don't be captivated by them. Right? So what does that mean? I have to stop being a future tripper. Hmm. Right? I have to say, that's not real. Because guess what? God doesn't live in anything that's not real. Now, he'll go with us into our vain imaginations just because that's... I, so I tell people, if you can't help yourself but future trip, at least ask Jesus to go with you. Because the presence of Jesus in the midst of your empty imaginations will change everything because he is present with you even if you're in your empty imagination, even if you're in your delusion, right? This is a God who never leaves and never forsakes. And so this God is always going to be present to you. It's you that turn your face away and run into imaginations that don't exist. Mm. And the thing about them, I, you go to these imaginations and it's like, you know, I've lost my job. I'll suddenly I'm living in a cardboard box under Burnside Bridge, right? In my imagination, and I'm alone. Or I go to my funeral and nobody else cries, you know? I mean, I've already been there. I've, I'm in that, and it's, and it's like, wait a minute. I've never done that. No. And, but it's not real. I know. It's, and what is real? What is the truth? Who is the truth? The truth is with me. And it's like, all right. I can respond to what's actually in front of me. And as long as I stay inside the grace of the day, I have enough. Is there, is there a connection to what you said at the very beginning about becoming healed and this, this future tripping stuff? Is there a connection between those two? Huge, huge in my life, yeah. You know, because, because trust was so violated in, in me as a child and growing up, you know, sexual abuse will do that. And the fury of others and, and um, all of it, bullying, not belonging anywhere, all of those things. Um, trust, trust just wasn't an option. And my journey of healing was learning how to trust. But part of that is to let go of control. Hmm. Yeah, you and, can't do and, both. You can't trust and control. <laughs> well, there's a reason that down here we have on our money in God we trust because our money is, is our source, right? And so... That's how we control. So we'll manipulate relationships or lie or shade the truth or ask for tithes and offerings just because we don't want to deal with having to face the fear in our lives that drives us toward control rather than trust. I can almost have a, I, I can feel a breath of refreshing air and stress being released as this conversation goes. It's like, wait a minute, if this that's, is true, that's what we're because talking you're coming to the present. You're, you're becoming yeah. present in this moment with what's in front of you. And guess what? we are what's in front of you, mm. right? And it's our relationship and it's the kindness of our history and our experience together and, and the care and, the, and what we've learned from each other. See, all of these are, are real and live in this moment. This is the real world. Mm. COVID in all of its spheres is not the real world, right? It's there, but it is, it is not going to dictate to me or have the power to tell me that I can't live in joy and peace. Mm. And it's not going to tell me that that's irresponsible. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Fear, is, it, fear is, fear is, sorry. Go. 
And fear is all, fear is such a bully, right? So it's trying to wrench you into a place where I'm going to take in my own hands and I'm going to control. But intrinsically, we know that our ability to do in and of ourselves is always insufficient. So fear builds on itself and it snowballs and causes us to, uh, to act out in, way, in ways of self-protection so that we're not focusing on loving and serving and caring and all the things that we are mandated to do that are, that are the supernatural eternal things. Uh, you know, we're to be rooted and grounded in love. That's that, 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 that squelches out fear, right? Perfect love casts out fear. There's no space for it in that place. And so we have an opportunity to operate out of that place, which is a right now place of love and service that, that transcends all of the seen realm that is constantly threatening, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to take your job, you're going to starve to death, you're going to live under the bridge, all of those things, those vain and wicked imaginations that are bullying people into self-protection and an emotional, spiritual lockdown versus an open heart and an ability to connect and, and transcend you know, the circumstance that, that, that is swirling around us. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's part of it is just being ordinary. I, I know so many people are trying to be extraordinary and they've never learned how to be ordinary to begin with. <laughs> I love it. Rather is than it, extraordinary. Is it, it is. the one upmanship that we see going on? I am false identities always self protect or self promote. Can I ask you both what you think of this verse? Because this has been popping up in my head a lot. I'm gonna put it on the screen. Uh, this is from Philippians 4, 7 from the Passion Translation. I just love how it says it. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. Have, has that verse come across your desks or minds lately? Yeah, about... 30 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it's, it's a great thing, you know, and again, here, here, here is my people. And, and I include myself in this historically is that we, we read a verse like that and suddenly prayer becomes the activity that becomes magic. Mm, yeah. The rather magic than wand. an expression of relationship, right? This is about a conversation with someone who loves you, you know, say, look, yeah, I'm, I'm grieving the losses, you know, and I'm, I'm, tr I'm trusting you. And, and there are times I frankly don't feel like you're big enough for this. Hmm. That's your poem. Well, yeah, you I know, but, but, it's, but it's telling the truth. You know, so how do you want me to look at this? And, and is there anything you want me to do? You know, um, with my son who is facing the ball bearing slingshots and the and the laser, you know, the high powered lasers that are being used to try to blind the police officers and, and, um, and being accused by civic leaders that the, that the police themselves are the ones starting the fires. And, and I mean, it's just craziness that's, that's happening on the streets here. And, uh, and so, so Jesus, I don't want my son hurt. I don't want anybody hurt, you know, and, um, 
And there are times that this really, this really scares me. How do you want me to see it? Are you still in me? And I hear, yeah, of course. I never leave or forsake. Are you, are you in and with him? Yep. Yep. Are you, are you in and with the person who is pointing the laser or shooting the ball bearing? Yep. That's hard to see. That's really hard to see when you're so used to a separation. You're good. You're bad. I know. But we see, that's, that's one of the big lies. We've, we have forgotten that we belong to each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the greatest secret in the Western church is our union with Christ, as in all of us in union. Yeah. And, and, but even in a cultural sense, we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I don't have any enemies. The guy with the slingshot is not my enemy. Why? Because enemies one-sided? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I love that. But other people's opinion of me is none of my business. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and so I don't, I don't have enemies. And, um, well, that, that makes, that makes that verse of, uh, while we were enemies with God, um, make more sense. Wow. Cause God doesn't have any enemies. Right. Yeah. One-sided. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. That's amazing. So, so that allows me then to be in a place where I can respond. And frankly, there's nothing I can do. I can, I can, I can give my burdens and my heart and tell God the truth and let him walk me through. That's what that verse is talking about. Casting your cares on him because he cares for you. Right. That's like, that's just a conversation where I'm telling you the truth about where I'm at and how I feel and what's in front of us right now. And then like, draw me back into your embrace because it's present with me, right? Let me sense the joy that is in the midst of the losses and the grieving that's a part of this. Because there is, because we grieve. I mean, we're, we're in a world where this is not about, well, everything is going to work out the way we want it, right? And, and, and this is a God who, who, who moves toward loss, not away from it moves toward the brokenness, not away from it. Who is the whole view of God can't look on sin as such bullshit, you know? And, and, um, and it's, it's just like, no, this is a God who is fully with me. Mm. And so joy transcends because it's present in the full, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So those, if, if you want to look for two triggers of whether you're, you're being present or future tripping, one is joy and the other is no fear, right? Mm. Because perfect love casts out fear. The one who fears is not perfected in love, which just means, it doesn't mean, well, you, ha- you haven't earned it yet. It just means you're still in process. And, and to the degree that you don't know your love, to that degree, you're going to be afraid. And, um, and so that becomes a marker. It's a very helpful thing. I'm freaking out. Okay, tell me the truth. How do you want me to see this? I'm with you. Fear not, fear not, fear not. I mean, that's the first thing that Jesus and scripture often, even angels would, the first thing is like, don't freak out. You know? Yeah, right. Angel shows up. I'm freaking out. <laughs> right. 
anything that is anything that is outside the the normalcy of our experience. Yeah. Well, and, your poem, the poem you read, there yeah, was a, I caught a big line of "You've disappointed me. You've disappointed me. You let yeah. me down." Yeah. What causes that? I have a the word expectation. expectation. Yeah. yeah. False expectation. Well, we're religious people, so we we love we love magic. Right? right. Most a lot of our religion is fundamentally centered around magic. So if I do the right things, if I say the right prayer, if I have the right words, right. if I paid the the right amount, right. so know, this it's this, all transactional magic because magic right. is a power thing, right? Mm. It's contrary to relationship, and I think this is why God hates magic. And I'm not talking about magic in the sense of mm-hmm. beauty and wonder and the magical time of you know that children manipulation. Experience. I'm talking about actually trying to force the hand of God through manipulation, through power, right? Because magic is non-relational. It's a power trip. And we use it with God. Uh, We have whole theologies of atonement based on magic. And, um, And it's based on an expectation. If I do what I do, you're supposed to do what you do. And then what we do is if we're in a community of magic, then when somebody's child is killed or someone's child gets sick or is born defect with defects you know that are are life-threatening or just debilitating then who did something wrong somebody didn't have the magic right yeah right so it's their fault and this is the disciples Mm -hmm. the man born blind who sinned did it did his parents sin or did he sin right because because it's magic and and it's got to be somebody's fault. And Jesus just ignores the whole conversation and says, no, today you're going to see the glory of God. This is, this is the reality. We're, we're in the right present. now, the now right reality, now. right now, right now, reality. Wow. I'm this is kind of yeah. hitting home. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It, and it's so telling with what Jesus ignores, <laughs> which mountain do we worship on? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just go on the other, you know. It's so true, and so, and even in our own um, relationship and grappling with things with God, it's like the questions that we come up with, and, and He just takes it such a different direction, you know. And, and I was kind of meditating on on the verse: "Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing." And then I love this part because it's so, to me, it's so disempowering when we're like mandated with something, and then like, how do I get there from here? But it says, "This is what we do do." be saturated in prayer. That's relationship. That's me talking to Jesus. Jesus, I, I, I thought you were going to do this and it didn't happen. And I'm confused and I'm upset and I feel like you've let me down. Um, and, and it says, um, tell him every detail of your life. What detail does it feel like God let you down? Like you didn't show up for me. You weren't present for me. What, I mean, that's just a, because it's a relational thing. If I, in my heart of hearts, feel like, Jesus, you let me down because you let my son have autism or whatever that is, well, it's important. I got to come clean because it's relational. And so this is this, I'm allowing this thing of, I had an expectation of da, 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 it didn't happen or something that I had an expectation that this wouldn't happen and it did happen, right? All of those things. And this starts to interfere with my relational connection on my end. And we've got to be able to vent that to a good God who's there in our suffering so he can bring us in 
his perspective, which transcends all of that, which, you know, and so I, I love that. And then of course that, um, bring your request with overflowing gratitude. And that was kind of what you mentioned, Paul, earlier. We forget, we forget where uh, God displayed himself in, in, in ways that we didn't manipulate with our magic, right? He displayed himself. And then it talks about this transcendent peace. Um, it's interesting. And when we're in that place where we've really come clean with God, you know, uh, um, it says, then the answers will be made known to you. So in other words, we can't even receive the direction, the answers, the transcendence, whatever you want to call it, until in our heart to heart, where we're living, where our feeling is, where our hearts aren't covered over with all sorts of self-protective stuff, um, until we come clean, that's when we receive that, okay, you're big, you're huge, you're lovely, I don't get it all, but I know you. You know, it's in the places for me when when I've had to, you know, take leaps of faith and all that kind of thing, it's like the only thing that has a lot. It's like, I've had the Lord literally reel around saying, Catherine, you know me, you know me. I'm like, oh yeah, I do. And then I can move forward. And it's that place of knowing that transcends all our religious, our, you know, gobbledygook and all our, um, you know, uh, brokenness and all of that, where we can move forward. And then the answers are made known because we suddenly we have clarity because we're connected with an eternal huge God that adores us and who's always present. So yeah. I love that. Thank you for bringing up that verse. You know, so the question fundamentally is, am I living from the outside in or from the inside out? Today, right now, am I living from the outside in or the inside out? You know, it's going to take some uh, contemplation for people to be honest with even that question. Yeah. Yeah. And the answers we get aren't solutions, mm. right? It's not like, oh, there's a quick fix, you know? This is a relational. The answers are in relationship. And, um, and, and so we're talking about an internal reality. So, you know, even, even just taking a deep breath and, and just saying, Jesus, would you just right now just lift the the weight of this off of me, you know, just the, the weight that I'm feeling about the world. And, and, and what do you want to say to me? And don't be surprised if he says something like, you know, it might be a good idea to get off social media for a while or, or, you know, I, I don't know what Jesus will say to you, but, but there are things that we engage with that constantly exacerbate the outside in rather than the inside out. And, um, and it's like, ah, all right. All right. When I get to the place where I can sense your relentless embrace, now we can move forward with the day and just respond to it as it unfolds. That is so good. So I have a question that's come up on, on Facebook. I got a message here. It says the question is, so tell us how this works out in real life circumstances. Give us an example. <laughs> and that makes sense. Cause we're getting, I'm hearing an answer inside me. I have that. I don't, I don't need a, an actual example, but I'm sorry. People are wondering, give us an example of how we can, in what's going on now, whether it's getting blasted with news, pressure, whatever, how, how could this work out as an example? Do you have an idea off the cuff? 
I, I gave one really at the beginning, and that is that we have six immediate family members with COVID and they're in the high risk category, right? Yeah. So, so how am I supposed to respond? You know, and, and uh, you know, Kim absolutely is embedded inside of her family relationships to a depth that, that um, I, I didn't have that experience and I love them. And um, I mean, and, and it just broke her down. That was her immediate response. And it was a response of grief. And, and as we, as you know, it was like, okay, c- come back to today. And what's, what do we know? What do we know today? And, and it's like, okay. And then, and, and as best you can, don't future trip. Don't be already going. Don't be already going to their funerals. Don't be already grieving the loss of their, of them not being present. They're still present today. Mm -hmm. Right. So what are the things that you want to do? Well, it was like, well, I want to make them bone broth. And it was the, it was the first thing that two of them could taste at all. Right. And, and we just dropped it off and put it on the porch and called them and said, it's on the porch. And, and, um, but that again is responding to what's actually happening inside today. Not, not to allow ourselves to go down the rabbit hole. Right. And instead go down the river, which is the river of, of living water that comes from the inside out. Find the place (laughs) where Jesus lives inside of you, you know, which is, fully in, in you, mm-hmm. but there is a safe place in each of us that has been crafted uh, where it's easiest to engage with Jesus and go like, okay, yeah. here's all the things I'm, I'm afraid of right now. And here's all the things that I'm thinking that, that they're going to die. And, and, and you're not going to stop it. And I want you to, and, and it's like, and, and I'm mad because they didn't take all the precautions and I'm, you know, I mean, just, just, you just lay it out and then you go. So tell me again, who you are, tell me again, who I am, you know? And, um, and inside of that conversation, suddenly it's like, okay, I can filter out all the noise and I can hear that's the still small voice that tells me the truth, you know, instead of trying to hear God in the storm, trying to hear God, you know, it's like, no, let, let it be the still small voice inside that goes like, you're mine. I got this. I'm with you. We've got this, you know? So what do you want me to do? Is there anything you want me to do? Yeah, let's make them some food. So good. Bone broth. Mm-hmm. Right? So good. God is so practical. Ordinary. Yep. Ordinary. Not some supernatural magic thing that we got to do in order to fix things so that we're not afraid of <laughs> Yeah. My wife, uh, when we, when we were, um, our kids were really young, you were talking about, you know, surrender and abiding you know, moment by moment. Well, she said it's instant by instant as a mom who's constantly like the radar is between three kids. It's instant by instant and you can't plan 10 minutes ahead. Like it's yeah. so, that's what I got today. What I've heard so far, the most practical thing is stop trying to figure it all out. B that's rare. Yeah. Well, we try to figure it all out because we want to control it. We want to control all the variables. Well, because we can't trust God. Right. Exactly. Somebody's got to control it. Exactly. And God's refusing to control. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, I, and uh, one of the thing that was so good, Paul, that you were, well, all of it was so good. So good. Uh, but one of the things is that pouring out of what you are experiencing, like if we're all trying to be like faith giants, like, you know, well, you know, just, let's just lay down the crap and like, just be authentic with the one who already knows it all. That's what I loved about that poem. I mm -hmm. hope you post that. I love that poem. You can find um, it on David Tenson, T-E-N-S-E-N.com. S-E-N. Okay, good. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but in that place where we're just coming clean with what we're feeling. So remind, and I love that. Remind me who you are. Remind me who I am. Because yeah. that's going to be your tether that's rooted and grounded in love so you've got all this crazy going on but you're rooted because there's something bigger a person that's bigger than all of it who is wild about every single all every single person in his creation every single variable uh, in his creation he's attentive and he's aware he doesn't miss anything Right. And so, and I, and I love the fact that he gives you something doable. If, if, if we had to go for a 20, let's get a million people to pray, you know, okay, whatever, but no, let's make bone broth. I love that. That's, that's so, that's so, yeah, I, I can do that. And that actually ministers to people mm -hmm. that ministers. And there's a, there can even be a, a supernatural layer on your bone broth. I'm calling that I just it's amazing right <laughs> this is how we we're in a uh, as you know with one another and so it, it just lifts everything up that's yeah. beautiful thank you for sharing that so I'm gonna go have breakfast with Kim because I told her I'd come have breakfast with her awesome thank you so, Paul thank you for this time well thank you for this um, I think this is a message not just in the US but in Canada around the world we need to hear how we can find hope and give hope and uh, this conversation was really powerful for me and I hope others will hear it I'm gonna post a video link uh, from Jason Gray remind me who I am and I'll look up that poem and uh, paste that in here as well so thank be you hope. again we can be hope yes yes because hope because resides hope in us Hope dwells within us. Yep. Yep. Very Much good. love to you all. Thank you. All yeah. right. I'm going to sign off and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, everyone. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye bye now.